Jazzcast Pros. Welcome back to the High Vibe Table Talks podcast. This is your host, Marshawn Hargrave, and we are now in episode two where we're getting back with Robbie Young Murphy, where we're talking about creativity, the expectation that we put on creativity to provide a lifestyle for us. And this is where we're going to kind of get into where Robbie and I are in different seasons with that. And the idea behind it is that there is no wrong way to do anything. Um, Both can be fulfilling, both can be exciting. It really comes down to what is a right path for you. And we're going to hear more about um, Robbie's current journey of decoupling the unknown and fear, which is such a fascinating topic to dive into, as well as our lightning round questions. So if you loved our first part one conversation with Robbie, I think you're really going to love this as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast High Vibe Table Talks, and let's get into it. If you're a woman contemplating your next move, you found the perfect podcast to empower your self-growth journey. Welcome to High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, remove mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your high vibe desires. Yeah, the idea that we we identify ourselves as creative or non-creative and that you first had that moment in early high school, super formative years. And I I suspect that that's probably when I started catching it too, but I don't have like a moment that I can really point to like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the kind of the burden that I carried or the limitation that I carried through, you know, my my teens, my twenties, my early thirties as non-creative meant that there were things available to me that I should pursue um, or vocations, interests that I would be well suited for. I'm putting that in quotes mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, a math brain. So that automatically cut, you know, half the half the items off my list and narrowed my scope by half because I had picked up this idea early in my life that I was a non-creative. Now it's easy for me to see how limiting that is. I think that there's even a parallel to this on the flip side for the, you know, lucky or God bless them cursed kids (laughs) who get identified as creative, the talented ones, the ones who are like, oh, well, it's on you. You're going to do, we can expect great things from you, Mr. Potter. Like (laughs) it's this pressure of like, I'm a creative. What a waste for me to not use these creative gifts or Mm -hmm. pursue a creative lifestyle. And then I, you're putting so much pressure on this creativity and on yourself, it's it's limiting, I think, in a different way to, to reinforce what you said a moment ago. Humans are intrinsically creative. Yeah. Like, I, I think that um, our continued survival is like absolute proof of our creativity and resilience and adaptability. And all of these things are, are at its core. It's creativity in my mind. Mm-hmm. So. You have been very strong in your belief that you have separated your creative projects and providing for yourself financially. Like, I think money and finances can be so taboo. And but I think it's another example of there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, I have been working towards this journey for a long time of I knew that I wanted to go full time with high vibe. I knew that was my path and I worked towards it and eventually, you know, jumped in head first. 
And I think that you have dabbled with it and came to the conclusion of that's not the lifestyle that you want. So can you tell us more about that? You're right. At present, my approach to creativity and financialness is that I want to provide for my creativity rather than asking my creativity to support me. And I think that that is a seasonal approach. Like right now, Mm -hmm. that's where I am. It takes the pressure off of my creativity to be a like a marketable, consumable, viable product Mm -hmm. and allows me to pursue ideas with less attachment to the outcome. I find myself continuing to say like right now and in in thinking this through in advance, I didn't realize it was such a time based approach for me. But I think it is. I think this is very much like where I am in this moment, because I've also been in a different place. There was um, a time several years ago, closer to when we met, when I felt very strongly that I needed to do something different at work. Mm. And I wanted to create a business. I was I was doing uh, a coaching business, mostly around like career coaching. And I wanted to create this business, create this coaching business and really pivot my work into that. And I, I did the thing. I like quit my job. I you know, found financial ways to make it work for a couple months and dove headfirst into creating this business. And it was wildly educational <laughs> and ultimately pointed me to my, my next creative project, um, which at the time was music. Now I have shifted back into making creativity more recreational. That to me gives it the air that it needs right now. But I don't think that that's like the right way. I think that's like one of many ways to approach this. And I even think that there are times when that pressure or drive, the urgency is is helpful and mm-hmm. useful. When I was focusing on on building this coaching business and creating financial stability out of it, that urgency really drove action. And I certainly created and did so much more during those months than I would have if it felt like a side project thing that it just didn't really matter what happened or what I did with it. So to me, it feels very seasonal mm-hmm. how I approach and, and even my my relationship with or maybe the relationship between creativity and financial stability is very much like an ongoing evolving relationship. Yeah. In working together for a few years and going through a few seasons for both of us, I think that you have a really connective relationship with seasonality of things and mm. not putting shame, guilt, pressure around the season that you're in, but embracing it. Like, I believe your your album was written and produced in the spring summertime, which is a, a big season of blooming and growth and abundance. And I think you traveled a lot during during that time as well. And then as it comes into like the fall winter season, it's more about the nesting and the grounding and the resting and rejuvenation, knowing that the next season will come. There will be another season of abundance and creation and spring and summer like energy. But 
at the moment, what I need is rest and grounding and like hibernation. Yeah, you're right. I feel very closely tied to seasons, um, like seasons of the year. And that's something that I've become aware of only in the last maybe three to four years. I, I certainly felt it before I became aware of it, but I felt it more as like seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. or you know, like I've like adjusted medications based on seasonality. Ever since I was a kid, I've noticed that when I am deep in a season, I can't imagine that other season. Mm. Like I, when I'm very, very hot in the summer, I truly cannot imagine what it is like to be cold. Even though like, I know I did it last winter. I know I'm going to do it again this winter. And then in the reverse, when I'm like deathly cold, I can't imagine what it's like to sweat. Mm-hmm. And it, it's truly like I, I can't get my head around that. That's almost been a challenge or a a something that has tripped me up um, before I became before I started looking at it and paying attention to the seasons and how I was feeling in the seasons. And especially what you alluded to before of not making myself wrong for how I react differently to the different seasons. And that each season has a, like a personality mm-hmm. to me and a mood, like a flavor. So, you know, right now it's, it, we're in summer. It, I'm energetic. I kind of have a little bit of this like buzz feel. Uh, like there's a, like a low grade caffeination going on <laughs> that's not actually related to coffee. And now's when I want to do and go and make and move. And here's where, you know, I'm social. I'm, I want to like execute stuff. want to stress clean, do stuff like that. Yeah. And in, in fall, it's this cooling season. I'm, I think of it as returning, like often it's returning home from actual travel Mm -hmm. or this harvesting, like kind of gathering the, fruits of labors mm-hmm. so to speak and and very much like grounding slowing refueling we then shift into winter and i hibernate i spend a lot of time on my couch wrapped in blankets with a bulldog in my lap <laughs> and here's the one where i felt um most wrong in the past because um it felt like I should be doing more or I should want to do more. I should want to be more social. I should, you know, want to get up and do stuff. I should want to, I should do or be something different than I am in winter. Mm-hmm. I think also societally, we really value productivity and summer tends to be my more like production season. And so in that I felt safe and right. But in winter, when that is that's like generally not a production season for me, I felt that I was wrong in that. And so to become aware of that and to just see this season as a different flavor and a necessary flavor, like if I don't winter, I can't summer. Mm. And yeah, in winter, I'm very sensitive and aware of kind of more subtle moods or energies or ideas. I'm a bit more emotional. I feel a bit more vulnerable. And as I've become more comfortable this with this seasonality and started to embrace it, I have allowed myself to sit with myself in winter. There's a lot of just like being with myself and staying with myself. And 
ideas come and I do a lot of um, kind of jotting down, like taking note, but I don't ask myself to spring into action mm-hmm. yet because that's not the energy. I don't have the energy for it. I don't actually want to spring into action, but I want to catch it so that when I when the energy comes again, I've got these. I've got these ideas that have been brewing. And then we follow that up with spring. And that's the time when I start to thaw. And it um, sometimes it, it really feels like I'm a tree and there's sap that's like slowly starting to work its way back up all of my little cells and fibers. And it it's slow. That's the thing that hits me most about spring is it's usually later than I wish or later than I expect. I always think I should have more energy sooner than I do. Mm-hmm. But it does happen and I'll start to get hungry and twitchy and fidgety and even a little bit bored. Like I don't want to just sit on the couch and hold my bulldog anymore. I want to, you know, walk around and hold my bulldog. <laughs> and that's when I start to kind of ideate on these or really more plan on these ideas that have started to come through in the winter and flesh them out and, and turn them into projects and, and start to execute on the stuff I've been thinking about before we get back into summer season where I'm really like ready to go and to do. Seeing these seasons has been like a really powerful foundational understanding that has enabled me to not make myself wrong or see all of the ways in which, see all of the right answers, see my experience as normal, even necessary. And instead of you know, making myself wrong for hibernating in the winter, championing that and even encouraging myself to like, no, go, go sit back down. You're still in hibernation time. If we don't hibernate, we can't buzz. So really each part of it is crucial for the overall ecosystem Mm -hmm. of the year. Yeah. If I don't winter, I can't summer. That is powerful. I have one more question and then we'll go into our lightning round question before we wrap up. Many of the projects that you have worked on or have been working on are solo projects. And alongside of that, why was community important to you during those times of those solo projects? I think community is critical because it reflects back to me myself or my experiences, or others' experiences that parallel mine, and I can learn and grow and shift and change from, especially reflecting back that what I'm doing is totally normal, and I'm probably crushing it. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm in this experience, and especially like in a solo project, it's so easy to start making myself wrong. That's really at the core of it. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, for, for, for any reason, because I forgot to pick up eggs, but to to be working on a project by myself or not by myself, but with creativity, collaborating on this project, I think it becomes such a personal, vulnerable, deep, exposed process at times that it is very helpful for me to pick my head up and look around. And it's almost like comparing. Maybe it is comparing, although I have kind of odd associations with that word. Yeah. But it's seeing myself in relation to others and seeing how others are doing similar creative work, maybe not on an album, maybe on uh, a business, but seeing 
the the challenges that they're going through and how they're similar to mine. And I can see in someone else that they're doing great. They're they're totally tackling the issues head on, engaging with the growth, working through the messy middle. And I have confidence in their process and in their outcome. And while I may be having the exact same experience and more difficulty having confidence in my process and my outcome, to be able to sit beside someone who's doing a similar though unique project allows me to have compassion with myself mm-hmm. because it's much easier for me to have compassion with others. Yeah. So I think it's, it really is a mirroring, a mirroring exercise. Yeah. What comes to mind when you talk about that is Brene Brown, when she talks about the man in the arena. Yes. And yes. I, <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes because I don't want to paraphrase something that was so beautifully put, but it's about mm-hmm. don't take advice from people who are sitting in the cheap seats, you know, connect with the people, the other people in the arena getting bruised and bloodied and fighting the fight of growth and creativity and this journey. And so the community is connecting with other people in the arena because whether it's other physical people that we feel we're being judged by or just our brain judging us from the cheap seats of imposter syndrome, fear, and however that shows up for you, taking advice, connecting with the people who are also out there doing the thing is so much more powerful. I remember this is kind of an idea that I picked up along with being a creative versus not being a creative. I learned somewhere along the way that you get extra points for doing it the hard way. Or doing it alone. And I think as an adult, I'm, I am learning that you don't get extra points for doing it alone. For being a tortured artist is not a higher valued artist. Like no one gets brownie points for that. And so in many ways, community makes it easier, like truly just makes the whole process easier. And that, that is a thing that you, we should all uh, scoop up as many of these like boost points as possible. Yeah. When I was making this album, not ever made or written or done any of this music before. And I had, you know, like eight to 10 songs that I, I knew I wanted to produce. And I went and just found a producer to go like record and make the tracks and do the mixing and mastering for me. And there was a piece of my brain that said like, okay, but you're not really a musician if you don't do it all yourself. Mm. Okay. Says who? <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't know who told me that, but I believed it. And so to to me, that was. Um, if you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high quality recordings, regardless of your or your guest Internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. You know, boost points to help me do the thing I wanted to do. What I wanted to do was make music, mm-hmm. not necessarily mix and master my own album. Like, that's not where my, my joy lies. Yeah. So to to find community to help guide me and support me through that process and also to find 
teachers or resources, uh, people to do the thing that I can't slash don't want to do. I think that's brilliant. I think that's leveraging the resources we have instead of, I don't know, cheating, shortcutting. Right. That's fantastic. Girl, where have you been? I haven't seen you at work in a while. Girl, I quit and started my own business. Really? That's amazing. How did you do it? Well, I've been listening to this Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast, and it really helped me change my mindset from an employee to a CEO. All that from a podcast? Yes, the Beauty Boss Millionaire walks you through the process of starting a business and making your first million. I need that in my life. I need someone to help me. Just go to beautybossmillionaire.com or pull it up on your favorite podcast app. It's time to boss up so lightning round questions yes. a must read book is big magic elizabeth gilbert it's basically the foundation of 90 percent of what i've said today yeah i totally agree i mean that's it's so good it's so good and it just is like yeah. mind-blowing and it, but it's easy to digest and it's so joyful and i find it like challenging and convicting and also inspiring and if you happen to consume it as an audiobook elizabeth gilbert's voice is just velvet butter to my ears and i love it so much <laughs> creativity means to me it's collaboration with ideas that themselves want to come into reality my favorite meal is breakfast with a double shot of espresso. Ooh. Mostly it's about the espresso. Yeah. I just have to have food to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's say bacon and coffee. That's what I actually mean. Well, there you go. Uh, best piece of advice I ever heard was? None of it matters. It was so confronting. And it took me a really long time to think about that and and get it. But as it started to kind of unfold in my head, I find that really inspiring and it makes what matters, like it makes mattering truly meaningful mm -hmm. because also in the same breath, none of it matters. Right. Something on my bucket list is I want to live abroad. Oh. This has been on my bucket list since college and I have, you know, taken, taken the little steps that I knew how to take every bit of the way and I, I see that unfolding in my life and somehow eventually I will live abroad. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think travel and creativity can be such great partners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. If I could have dinner with one person dead or alive, it would be. I had to think about this a lot and I really narrowed down the list and we landed on Jim Sincero. Mm. And the reason is, She's not only like incredibly inspiring and actionable, but so dead funny. <laughs> like I cannot stop laughing. And the very first book of hers I read was You Were a Badass. Mm -hmm. And I remember noticing on like, I don't know, chapter eight or nine that she was ending every chapter with some version of love your beautiful self. Mm -hmm. And by the time I noticed it, 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 struck me as so powerful that this this book that was like slowly um making really meaningful impact on my life the the core kernel idea at the center of all of it was just to love myself and I, and i think too i i i read into that a lot of like trust myself mm -hmm. and i think that those two things are integral is 
loving myself, trusting myself, following myself where I want to go in creative processes. Yeah. I think it was like the third time I read that book before I picked up on that. Okay. Thank you. That actually makes me feel a lot better. By the time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is obvious to everyone. Like none of it matters actually creates a lot of space for me to make what matters. Yeah. Like somehow those ideas do mesh. Yes. Life is just full of dualities and not black Mm. and white, but like this beautiful lime green gray that's in the middle Mm. of those. Perfect. This was incredible. So if people want to connect with you, where can they find you, your music? Where do you show up on the interwebs? Sure. So probably the best way to find me is going to be on Instagram. That's my main social platform right now. My handle is Robbie Young Music, all one word. And then if you're looking for said music in particular, you can stream Robbie Young on your favorite platform, Spotify, Apple. I think I'm on SoundCloud, you know, Twitter. No, not Twitter. TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, all, all of the main streaming stuff. You can find me there. Cool. Awesome. Well, as always, this conversation with Robbie Young was magical and beautiful and inspiring. And I really appreciate you being my first guest and for being a part of my universe and for showing up authentically as yourself. Marshawn, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for thinking of me and pulling me into this conversation. And I'm so excited and honored to to see you build tables mm. and to come be part of those tables it's it's really powerful and i i think that um time and and perspective back on these tables that you've built is going to be uh just mind-blowing to see like what has come from these places that you've gathered people yeah thank you we didn't even get into the the uh story behind the table analogy but Oh my gosh, we didn't. We'll have right, to. Another podcast. Exactly. We'll have to have you back. Okay. We'll talk about the table. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good teaser. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robbie. Have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Marshawn. All right. How wonderful was that conversation? I mean, I just need Robbie in my life all the time with all the things. She's just a beautiful soul, a beautiful person. And the way that she frames things, talks about things. It's just so incredible. And I just feel really lucky that she was able to join today, that she walked into my life in the time that she did. And her perspective on creativity is just so, so cool. And I I hope it came through the duality and that there is no wrong way to do anything and so if you're you know cautiously ambitious if you're fearful if you don't know what the next right steps are that you just take some steps because they're not going to be the wrong ones so if you enjoy this episode make sure you subscribe to the podcast find myself and robbie on instagram and i look forward to seeing you at the next high vibe table talks which will come out next week so This is the High Vibe Table Talks podcast because big dreams and small steps can transform your life. See you next time. Welcome to Child Care Made Simple, the podcast to help you navigate the nuances of the child care industry so that you can boost workplace productivity. 
Hi, I'm Rosa Marie, president of Marvelous Minds Academy and mom of two bright, bouncy boys. I started working in daycare at 10 years old at my grandma's house. She ran her home base center for 30 plus years. After college, I worked a few real jobs, got married, and had a baby. I started my career as a childcare owner shortly after my son was born and swiftly, was swiftly met with all sorts of red tape from funding to real estate, staffing, and even state regulations. I've seen firsthand the nuances of the industry and its impact on employers, working families, and providers. This podcast was designed to help you the daycare owners, the policymakers, and the human resource professionals navigate the ever-changing landscape of childcare by providing you with simple, safe, and effective solutions. Our mission is to make sure childcare is not a barrier to progress for parents, employers, and young learners. We do this by having real conversations with government agencies and advocating for better childcare policies that actually boost workplace productivity through real, accessible, and safe quality childcare. Join us for our first episode as we tackle these challenges head on, sharing expert insights, real life success stories, and actionable advice to create a better future for our little ones. Subscribe to the Child Care Made Simple podcast on the Jazzcast Pros Network, available on the podcast platform you're listening to right now. And let's reimagine childcare together.